The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show. Today, you'll hear the truth in wealth building from the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. The truth in wealth building knowledge is brought to you every week on the Financial Focus Radio Network. Good morning, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you for joining us on Financial Focus. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. And we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Good morning, Mr. Finelli. How are you doing? Good morning. Happy Saturday. How is... Uh, how is the newest Finelli member of the Finelli family? Been dealing with a little bit of sickness this week, so it's rough when you have a infant <laughs> that can't blow his own nose. I I do not miss those days. There's a reason young people love kids. First time I've ever slept through my alarm on Thursday. Yeah, right. <laughs> Forty five minutes. You're you're probably sleeping on the lawn in the backyard <laughs> to get away from screaming. Yeah. All right, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can always send us an email. You can go to our website, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com, a uh, little box will pop up, and you can uh, send us an email. All right, let's talk about the week that was. Apparently, it's all rainbows and butterflies again, and and uh, it's you know the sell-off's over, and everybody can go back to normal. That's, well, just that's when the you, sentiment. Just when you think everything's good again, uh, Evan Spiegel and Snapchat drop a bomb in the yeah. midst of the Nasdaq. So U.S. stock, as measured by the S&P 500, were up about 2.2% last week. So uh, we've seen a pretty significant rally off the lows we saw just a couple of weeks ago. And what's funny about it is, um, you know, people that were panicking all of a sudden have gone away, and. And what they don't realize about themselves is that they were panicking. Nothing has changed. In fact, the economic data has gotten worse, materially worse, uh, yet they are somehow lulled into thinking that it's fine. And I would tell you that Josh and I don't believe that this is the you know the end of the so-called bear market. This is one of those bounces that you always get. It could be, and that's why we never try to time markets. But uh, more likely than not, uh, we have uh, more selling to go. But when you, you look at what's doing the best off of the lows, it's absolutely not the things that you want to see doing well. And, you know, we talked about it, but it, it's this thesis that's coming around that the Fed is done or is going shortly going to be done. And that seems to be what's driving the, the rally and some of this very low quality stuff that's been leading the way to the upside. Well, remember, it's also the people that have no idea what they're doing. Uh, that still need to capitulate, that haven't capitulated yet, that really need to be taught a lesson about how markets really work and how price and value matter. But, but they all still have a job, so they're right. doubling so they, down and they're still buying and they're even more aggressively buying than they were before. So, but ultimately, that's when those people are have capitulated because we've actually hit a recession and unemployment's starting to go higher. That's when markets can hit hit a bottom, and I don't think that is uh, in the near future. Uh, international developed market stocks did quite well, up 3.5% last week. So uh, they've been a, just an absolute disaster. And uh, when you think about what that is, Europe and Japan, uh, they still have lots more pain. They're in much worse shape than we are, of course. Uh, U.S. stocks, U.S. small cap stocks were up 3.2%. So, or sorry, I should go back up a second. Emerging markets were only up 1.5%. U.S. small caps were up 3.2%. Uh, lots of volatility in the small cap space day to day. It's really crazy, even intraday. We have lots of volatility in the small cap space. Uh, we saw yields in the bond market go lower, which meant bond prices went higher. The aggregate bond index, so think of that as the S&P 500 of the bond world, uh, that was up 1% last week. The yield on the 10-year is 2.77%. Um, it's very, very interesting. The yield curve is very inverted right now. Uh, you can get uh, about 3.2%. On a two-year treasury, and a 10-year treasury yields 2.7. So do that math. Obviously, uh, historically, yield curves being inverted um, almost all of the time with this 80-plus percent um, likelihood of a recession uh, either happening or following the yield curve being inverted. And so I, there's no reason to think it's going to be different this time. 
Uh, gold uh, was uh, three quarters of a percent higher at seventeen twenty-five an ounce, and oil was down about four percent last week, ninety-five bucks a barrel. So oil has seen uh, a bit of a sell-off, obviously from the highs we saw above one hundred twenty dollars a barrel. But um, ninety-five bucks a barrel, barrel it's still painful. But I, I know all of you uh, in filling up your gas tanks have seen uh, some relief. I filled up my truck on Thursday. Uh, and it was like it said it had like 60 miles to go till empty. Uh, it was $268. I had to run my credit card twice to fill up my truck. So I I uh, told the gas station attendant that he needed to look under the truck because I was sure that there was a hole in my gas tank because there must have been diesel fuel running all over the ground. Uh, so it's clear, like I said a second ago, that the economic data has turned lower uh, when you looked at uh, the leading economic indicators were negative, uh, the labor market certainly has started to slow. It's still on on fire, but the, it's, the data is going in the other direction when you look at jobless claims and that kind of thing. Uh, the other thing that is, is clear that the housing market has finally turned. You know, so we were talking about, you know, the stock market was the leading on the leading edge of of a predicting recession, and stocks started selling off, uh, you know, back in February and have you know sold off about 20% on the S&P, uh, but the housing market continued to be uh, sort of stable and, and continued to grow. Well, we have seen the housing market roll over. We're not seeing big declines yet in the housing market, but with interest rates going higher, the economy slowing, people potentially losing their jobs, we are definitely seeing uh, a tide shift. We're seeing lots of cancellations. When you look at big cities, contract cancellations for either houses that are being built or people that were in the process of buying an existing home. And so um, that's sort of the next thing. And this is all normal uh, at this point in the cycle when you have an economic slowdown or a recession. This stuff that's happening now is all normal. And the reason that we think it's good relative to the alternative is because once we get the market cleared and markets find a price in the housing market and the stock market, uh, they can build back stronger and on a real basis. If we, if we continue to let uh, you know the free money happen, and then then the ultimate crash would have been worse. Or if the Fed didn't create a recession or cause a recession, then we would have had inflation, uh, and uh, so we would have had high inflation and low growth for a long time, which we saw in the 70s, which which believe me nobody wants mortgage. Mortgage industry particularly feeling the pain that data out this week. Twenty-two year low on mortgage origination, so it's uh, that re- refis have completely dried up. Yeah, refis have dried up, but even new mortgages are are uh, are slowing. So Josh mentioned a second ago, but why why obviously have stocks rallied quite a bit in the last uh, eight trading days or so, and it's it's because stocks are forward looking, and there's a big contingent of people out there that think the Fed is going to pause. Uh, we don't happen to be in that camp. Inflation doesn't look like it's slowing. And so the Fed generally gets it wrong on both sides, right? They leave money free for too long, but they probably will over tighten and, and uh, just to be sure that they kill there's, inflation. There's this idea in markets that uh, <laughs> you know, uh, whether or not we see this, the expectation is already baking in that we're going to get rate cuts in 2023 which would very closely mirror what Arthur Burns did in the 70s, which as soon as GDP started to roll over, the Fed started to cut, and it just in turn fueled another inflationary right. we, resurgence. We got earnings season started. What, what's earnings season look like so far? 91 companies have reported uh, earnings growth better than expectation, about 6%. Uh, so, you know, analyst revisions are coming in. Of course, guidance is all that matters. It's, it's backward looking. And, you know, that's earnings are backward looking. Guidance is for. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, what we're seeing is that there is a complete lack of guidance emerging for the coming quarters. Management doesn't want to post expectations and have no idea what's going to happen. So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty looking forward and the earnings are stale. So six percent earnings growth is great. Uh, did a stat on the radio, but 85 out of 91 earnings reports so far have mentioned inflation on the earnings call. So uh, it's just an environment where companies are cutting costs and raising prices. Yeah, and if you are you, if you're a company where your stock was overvalued and you miss or you issue not the best guidance, your stock is just getting obliterated. You look at Snap on Friday, down 40%. There's a bunch of stocks down 25%. And it was already down 75% this year and then another 40 So you just got obliterated there, and uh, it's just so much uncertainty for corporate management. 
All right, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can go to our website and send us an email, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the psychology of bear markets, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Biden is never, ever going to agree to the production of more oil, natural gas, coal, nuclear energy. Never. They are trying to starve the American people. They are throwing sand in the engine of our economy to drive this nation into their ideological grasp. Mark Levin, weekdays at 3, only on FM News 100 at 1110 KBMD. Summer break. Mom's other busy season. Brought to you by Kendall Ford of Bend. It's drop-off time. Kid one is on a play date. Kid three is at a volleyball camp. And have fun, honey. Bye. Love you. Kid two is off to gymnastics. Okay, finally. Green lights for Jane's summer break. Time for my summer break. In glorious silence. No arguing. No attitudes. No kids all talking at the same time. Kendall Ford knows life is busy, and with more time behind the wheel, you should enjoy the drive. Jane loves these moments where it's just her... Uh, hello? ...and her coffee. I'll take your order when you're ready. All right, coffee. Quad shot vanilla latte, please. With an incredible lineup, Kendall Ford has a perfect Ford SUV for your summer break. Hold up. Is my subconscious narrating a Kendall Ford commercial? Ma'am, I can't hear your subconscious. Kendall. Let's start something great. I need a summer break every day. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. We have fun stuff happening all the time. There's pop-up markets, food trucks like Crave Mini Donuts, and the Corn Dog Company of Central Oregon, plus a variety of local interests at the Ben Factory stores. Make sure you follow us on Facebook for the latest on who's our special guest vendors and when they will be visiting. If you would like to schedule an appointment to discuss a local pop-up opportunity, contact us at bendfactorystores at yahoo.com. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The Parkinson's Foundation knows that the disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers. We can help you understand the disease. And give you tips for living a better life. Find your answers at Parkinson.org or call 1-800-473-4636. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better Better lives together. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on our social networks Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Listen to past shows, get our daily market blog, and keep up to date on market happenings. You can also sign up for our e newsletter on our website, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. If you'd like to take us up on a free retirement review, uh, one of us will give you at least an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your financial plan, your 
investment portfolio or estate plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get it scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988. Or you can do what most people do, which is uh, go to our website and send us an email. Our website is northwestquadrantwealth.com. This comes from uh, By the Numbers Research. Uh, The S&P 500 was down on a total return basis in both the first quarter of this year and the second quarter of this year, off about 20%. Uh, That's the first back-to-back down quarters for the index since the S&P 500 suffered six consecutive quarterly declines from the fourth quarter of 07 through through and uh, and including the first quarter of 2009. So I think um, when I think about why sentiment is so negative right now, because sentiment is, is as bad as it was during the financial crisis, which makes absolutely no sense, uh, considering that the market's down not anywhere near how much it was down then, and the economy is not, we, we, you know, we don't have investment banks imploding. We have crappy technology businesses imploding, but they should. And so, uh, I think I was trying to think about why sentiment is so bad because I, Josh and I, I come in Josh's office and I talk to him all the time. Like, why is sentiment so bad? Why are our clients more freaked out than they were in 2008? And I, and I couldn't figure it out. And I think what it is is that. We had had, you know, any sell-off we had had since the end of the financial crisis till up until now was very short-lived. We had some close to 20% corrections, but they were like a month. I mean, even the, the COVID deal was 34%, but it was 19 days. Well, and so the fact that we have essentially six months worth of the market going down is the first time that's happened in a long time. And well, I think that's the cause of this negative sentiment. The four most important words in finance since 2008 have been don't fight the Fed. And, you know, you've been living under this volatility suppression regime for essentially 15 years. And, of course, the intention in March of 2020 when stocks fell 34 percent in 16 days uh, was to get them back to where they belonged, which is higher in engineering that wealth effect. Where they thought they belonged, I guess. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's. Now that they finally created the inflation that they so desired, the genie is out of the bottle and they've got to go the other way and don't fight it. It's just going to be inevitably a few quarters of pain and we're not going to unwind 15 years of policy. But it's also the you know, we talked about it, too, but it's this general social malaise. And uh, there's just a lot of this, you know, a lot of people that feel. Uh, you know, unhappy with whatever direction the country may be going. And uh, and that I, I put that on the shoulders of a one Mr. Mark Zuckerberg. He's worse than the guy that created the cigarette because uh, what social media in general, not just Facebook, but social media in general uh, has created is just very, very dangerous. I mean, when somebody tells me that they, you know, I, I, they'll tell me something and then I ask them where they got it and they tell me Facebook, I shut my brain off and I say, I'm not listening to you anymore because that is not a source of good data. Like, you know, when you look at some of the craziness that comes uh, out in this country and the rest of the world, it's social media. Driven. I've got some snapshots from clients and uh, just acquaintances of like those banner ads that people get from like the Stansberry researches of the world. <laughs> you know, that if you look back over the last 25 years of their content, it's like, universally just doomsday sort of stuff and you know the question is is this legitimate and it's like well you know you should probably be familiarized with the history of these guys and they really haven't been saying anything different for 15 years and it's universally proven wrong and it's like you know people are just bombarded with this kind of stuff ad nauseum and it's you know it's it's tough to tune it out especially in this type of environment where it feels like you know you're, you're the confirmation bias of economic hardship is sort of starting to materialize around you. This is a joke from an economic hardship standpoint, though. Like, in the history of the United States, like, this is a joke relative to the... Like, anybody that, you know, is over 50 years old realizes that, come on, there is no economic hardship right now relative... Uh, and, and I know everything is relative, but come on. We've got a bunch of veal calves. Your generation <laughs> is a bunch of lazy veal calves. Well, you know, our client base being skewing toward the older side you know you remind them like well didn't you wait in gas lines and weren't you living under the threat of nuclear annihilation and uh, somehow this is worse (laughs) you're telling me a a relatively young person that this is an unprecedented situation we find ourselves in and uh, you know we're here to remind you that uh it's actually not so let's talk about the psychology of a bear market. So a bear market is measured by at least from peak to trough 20% or more. So a correction is 10% or more, uh, a, a, 
a uh, bear market is 20% or more, and we obviously hit that. We're not quite there right now, but you know, depending on what index, it's, we're essentially in a bear market. And the, the reason it's scary and painful for everybody is that uh, you know, we have this really old part of our brain in evolutionary standards uh, called the amygdala. And the amygdala said to us, when there is a saber-toothed cat chasing us and there's 10 other people, we just have to be faster than nine of them because of the saber-toothed cat. And so you ran in the direction of all the people and you just tried to beat most of them. Well, in investing, when everybody's running in one direction, uh, generally it's the wrong thing to do. So when everybody's piling into stocks and people you don't ever knew that didn't even know what a stock is piling into stock, you should be doing the opposite. And when people are piling out, you should be piling in. And, and that's the genius of Warren Buffett. He has the act, ability to act rationally when others aren't. Um, the, the desire uh, to feel safe when you feel like danger is lurking is very primal in our brains. Um, and, and so in most of our life, running away from danger is the right thing to do. It just so happens that in the stock market, because it's sort of second level thinking, that it's the wrong thing to do. So let's, do, you know, here's, what, here's how this generally works. You get a correction or, a, you know, 5% sell off. People say, well, it's just a pullback. This is healthy. Market gets down 10%. You know, nobody wants it. You know, it's not really on the nightly news. Maybe a, like one big down day makes it to the nightly news. Um, you know, then people say, well, you know, maybe I'll put more cash to work. Market's down maybe 15%. I'll put, I'll put some more cash to work because stocks are on sale. Uh, market gets down 20%. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to wait to see what happens, but I'm really nervous. I'm going to call my financial advisor, express my nervousness, ask them what I should be doing. Um, you know, market goes down another, say, 25%. You start to get really worried. Your spouse is on your case about what's going on. Should we be doing something? Uh, it's starting, you're starting to think about it more during the day. Um, you know, market goes down. Now you're down 30%. Uh, then it's like, we need to do something. We need to take action. It's going to go down hundred percent. We can't just sit it out. Uh, you know, 35% or 40%. That's generally when people say I'm out capitulation, <laughs> panic, um, market goes down maybe a little bit more. And you say to yourself, that was the right decision. It's going to keep going down. Guess what? That down more 5% is when everybody else capitulates. There are no more sellers out there, only buyers. Because remember, market zero-sum game. Somebody's buying from you when you're selling, even when markets are down 40%. Uh, and that's when markets start to move in the other direction and rally. And so that's why retail, you know, th th these guys won the Nobel Prize, or Nobel Prize in Economics for saying markets are efficient. They should do what we do, uh, manage retail money, and they would realize that markets, are, while they're the most efficient they've ever been, uh, they're not, they not efficient. And so we, I bring this psychology of, of bear markets up to remind you that, yes, markets can go down even more, uh, but, you know, you, you just have to realize where we are in this. And it's our duty to rem remind our clients that absolutism is not the way to approach it. All right. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, uh, we'll tackle some of your email questions. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. with the three-day sale going on now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Prices have skyrocketed on gas, groceries, and everything else. Thankfully, Coastal is here to help. Introducing the three-day sale going on now. 
Buy one, get one half price on all livestock and equine tubs. Save $6 on the 40-pound bag of black oil sunflower seeds. Plus, get 20-pound Fair Mountain barbecue pellets for just $6.99. And all camp chairs are on sale. Half-price discount taken off lowest-price stuff. It's the Coastal 3-Day Sale, in-store or online at CoastalCountry.com. With in-store or curbside pickups, or have everything shipped to your home. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but... You like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Hey there, this is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. I offer you an invite to help us build mountains of canned and non-perishable food items every Sunday, July 17th through August 28th. Here at the Cosmic Depot, we are proud to host Sundays on the Green. When you bring cans of food to donate to Neighbor Impact, you can choose to also participate in the healing and intuitive art services being offered by community members. You may find assistance ranging from tarot to energy healing available at no charge by volunteers uniting to create mountains of food for those in need by offering their time in the spirit of community healing. Come on by Cosmic Depot Sunday and help Neighbor Impact achieve their goal of supporting people and strengthening community with your food donations. Join us at the Cosmic Depot daily at 342 Northeast Clay in Bend and celebrate faith, hope, and charity with us every day. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get straightforward financial advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows by going to financialfocusradio.com or download our smartphone app today. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. If you would like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, uh, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. Uh, so if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get that appointment scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can go to our website and send us an email. Uh, that's uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, my name is Tyler Shimonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. We are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, we appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. This comes from, from the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve began a reversal of quantitative easing on June 15th of this year uh, with its program of quantitative tightening, changing from monthly purchases of $120 billion 
uh, of bonds with a monthly runoff right now of 95 billion of bonds. Fed analysis suggests that every one trillion of reduction of bonds from the Fed's eight and a half trillion dollar balance sheet would have the same impact as a 20 basis point uh, increase in interest rates. Uh, well, Mr. Federal Reserve, I tend to disagree with that because if you see how quickly uh, mortgage rates moved up uh, when you started quantitative uh, tightening, uh, obviously your math is off. So what that means is for, you know, starting right after the uh, coronavirus deal happened, the Fed started buying 100 and this is something that had never happened in the in the market. They went in the market, the bond market. And they just started buying bonds. They're buying corporates. They're buying treasuries. They're buying mortgage-backed securities. They're buying $120 billion a month. So the biggest buyer of bonds out there that obviously kept interest rates low along with their zero interest rate policy. So interest rates were artificially low. And forced investors out the risk curve because if they're buying that supply, then an institution or a retail investor can't buy it and has to buy something else. So in June of this year, what they did is they went from buying those bonds to then selling $95 billion a month. So it went from the biggest buyer in the bond market to now the biggest seller on a monthly basis in the bond market. That's why we saw such a quick move, uh, especially in the mortgage market, because that's not that big of a market. So they were selling mortgages uh, in order for there to be a bid from investors, retail investors. Uh, those mortgage rates had to go sharply higher quickly, and that's why we saw that. So uh, that is uh, quantitative easing. Now we're in quantitative tightening, uh, and it should not be a surprise to anybody uh, why we are seeing an adjustment in prices. So Bank of America does a study all the time about uh, with professional investors uh, about uh, where they're at in terms of uh, their expectations for markets. Uh, investors, professional investors, slash their exposure to risk assets to levels not seen uh, even during the great financial crisis in a sign of full capitulation. Um, this is a, a fund manager study. Global growth and profit expectations sank to an all-time low. Investor allocations to stocks plunged to levels last seen in October of 08, while exposure to cash surged to the highest since 2001. A net 58% of mutual fund managers said they were taking lower than normal risk, a record that surpassed the survey uh, the, of global financial crisis. Bank of America survey, which includes 260 participants with $730 billion in assets under management. So, uh, the only reason that I bring this up is these surveys, whether it's the American Association of Individual Investors or these fund manager surveys, they are usually very contrary. So when this group of people or the retail investing world is very negative, that's usually very bullish for stocks. When this group is very bullish, that's usually a bearish sign for stocks. The, so ironically, these are so-called professionals, but they're kind of sheeps or lemming. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the characterization of institutional money as being smart money is uh, demonstrably false. So uh, institutional sentiment it just mirrors retail sentiment, and it's uh, very, very dour historically, which has been a very good f uh, forward signal for stock returns. All right, let's uh, tackle some email questions. We got an email from a Jesse W. here in, <coughs> excuse me, Bend. Jesse says, I've been dutifully investing in my 401k, my IRA, and the joint account with my wife for years without paying much attention to the investments I owned. Now that I'm getting closer to retirement, I'm starting to pay closer attention to what I own. I own bond mutual funds in all of my accounts, which have always done pretty well. But this year, some of the bonds funds I own are down more than 10%. I look them up on Morningstar, and they all get four- and five-star ratings. So why are my bond funds down so much? Well, Jesse, uh over the course of your life, interest rates peaked in 1981, and if you're close to retirement, chances are you were alive then, but um, it has been a very steady return as interest rates decline. Bonds have done well, almost as well as stocks, actually, over the same time frame. But uh, the Because point bonds and bond prices and interest rates have an inverse relationship. So if interest rates go down, bond prices go up, and we know that that's what's happened since 1981. And it has been a very good ride. And here we are uh, back in 2021. You found yourself at the lowest yields in recorded history. And uh, – Rates only had one way to go, and they were never going to go negative in the United States, at least not uh, with this Fed, and that meant rates were going to go up, and here you are, and 
No one wants the old bond that pays 1% when the new bond pays 3 Subsequently, the price has to adjust. And in that bond mutual fund you own, whether or not it's held to maturity, they have to market to market to reflect the current market value of the bond. And most of your mutual bond, bond mutual funds are just some version of a proxy for the aggregate bond index, which is having its worst year in 170 years. So rough sledding there. Only real batch of safety for you as rates go up is, of course, those stable value funds, which functionally just own very, very, very short-term paper. Uh, they actually have a little bit of upside now. Uh, so it's something that, you know, in our estimation, is probably a good replacement for an actual bond mutual fund because you're functionally getting paid now 3% on something with uh, close to a zero default risk as it exists. Yeah, so Jesse, if you go back and you look at a chart of interest rates in the United States, uh, you go back to 1900, you can see that the interest rate cycle is much longer. You know, when you look at um, bear markets and bull markets and the stock market, they are relatively short compared to the bond market. And so, you know, you look, like like I said, from 1980, uh, like Josh said, from 1981 to 2021, we saw interest rates decline over that whole period. And so that was really great for bonds. It was a huge tailwind for bonds. So you got you got the coupon plus you got a price appreciation. So like Josh said, long bonds almost did as well as the S&P 500 with a fraction of the volatility. That's why you're talking about that they've done pretty well. Um, and Remember, Morningstar rates their mutual funds on a relative basis. So, you know, your bond funds, yes, they're down, but they might be doing better than the other funds in their category, hence the four or five star rating. It's not that it's not that there's anything wrong with the bond funds. It's that you have the wrong kind of bond funds in your portfolio. Remember, a bond fund, if it has to own intermediate term bonds, that manager can't decide all of a sudden to change to short-term bonds because by mandate they're, they're supposed to own long-term or intermediate-term bonds. And so long and intermediate-term bonds, are, are like Josh said, sell, have sold off quite a bit to the tune of 10-plus percent on a year-to-date basis, and that's why you're down. So like Josh said, the only solution is if we're going higher in rates and that period of rates going higher is going to be longer than most people – predict, uh, you need to stay short in your duration. Eventually, rates will continue to move higher and you'll start to get yield. Uh, but, you know, you have to be patient. I've, I've seen a lot of market commentary relatively bullish on bonds, and it's all rooted in that same premise that I think you've seen that NASDAQ outperformance, which is functionally that, you know, there's this belief that is starting <laughs> to uh, to be adopted by more market participants that, you know, the Fed's going to capitulate essentially and stop stop raising and, you know, hence what you've seen in the bond market is this uh, a lot of bullishness in that space. And, uh, you know, I'm not so convinced that they're going to start cutting rates in early 2023. I think that they may rely more on that quantitative tightening mechanism that we've talked about, because ultimately it will be more effective than interest rate increases in uh, subduing some of the froth in markets. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, you know, we, we talked about the, the deflationary forces that have existed for 30 years, uh, being technology and productivity, that's still going to be there. But, you know, we have a lot of demographic forces that are also going to be very inflationary. And so the idea that rates like, you know, most of Josh's in my generation's adult life, rates were very low. And I, I think we have to readjust to the idea that normalized rates on a 10-year being closer to 6% is something we have to get more used to. And so that's still a ways from here. Uh, it's, you know, and, and So low rates, like Josh said, the Fed, getting price appreciation in your bond fund is, is over. So, All right, if you'd like to be part of the program, you can give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can always send us an email by going to Financial Focus Radio. And send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about developed international investing. So stick around. Get your free one hour retirement review. Meet with the Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800 743 0988. Again, 
Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool. It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and... My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Bend Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. We're so ready for summer and we bet you are too so what are you waiting for come on down and shop the summer styles at budget prices there are lots of choices like maurice's maxi and midi summer dresses plus shoes and accessories trade in your gently used teen and young adult fashions for cash at runway fashion exchange and stop by eddie bauer for great looks for your next outdoor adventure smart shoppers start at the ben factory stores south highway 97 because everyone needs an outlet Hey there, this is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. I offer you an invite to help us build mountains of canned and non-perishable food items every Sunday, July 17th through August 28th. Here at the Cosmic Depot, we are proud to host Sundays on the Green. When you bring cans of food to donate to Neighbor Impact, you can choose to also participate in the healing and intuitive art services being offered by community members. You may find assistance ranging from tarot to energy healing available at no charge by volunteers uniting to create mountains of food for those in need by offering their time in the spirit of community healing. Come on by Cosmic Depot Sunday and help Neighbor Impact achieve their goal of supporting people and strengthening community with your food donations. Join us at the Cosmic Depot daily at 342 Northeast Clay and Bend and celebrate faith, hope, and charity with us every day. for joining Financial Focus Radio Show, The Truth and Wealth Building. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. And we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management uh, here. We appreciate you spending some of your time with us. So there was uh, an article in one of the trade magazines, the financial advice trade magazines last week about Equitable Financial, which is AXA, um, is is paying $50 million to settle a fraud charge that it, it misled 1.4 million variable annuity investors using statements that admitted or greatly reduced investors' fees, according to the SAC. And so I'm, I don't want to pick just on AXA Equitable uh, because this is uh, – what I want to do is – because almost all of these 1.4 million uh, people that they were misleading were teachers, and they were in 403B plans. And so one of the things that still exists that boggles my mind that I can't believe still happens is that – and I say this because teachers, uh, you know, we, it's well known that they don't make tons and tons of money, but they work hard, and they do something very, very important in our society, and that's educate our youth. Um, and so – you know, they shouldn't also be taken advantage of with the retirement plan savings. But there are all these people that go to their break rooms at the schools and go to the cafeterias and they're selling these uh, people, hardworking people, 
um, 403b plans where they're, it's a 403b plan is, is a retirement plan for uh, a nonprofit entity like a church or a, or a school. And so teachers have a 403b plan in most cases. Um, but these, these salespeople that go to the schools are selling them annuities, which is the last thing, very expensive, last thing that these people need and these insurance companies. And they've been doing this forever. They, uh, way back when they signed contracts with school districts, which made it even worse. Um, but the fact that they're still selling these ridiculous variable annuity contracts as retirement plan options for the accumulation phase for teachers is criminal. Like, why is this still being allowed? How is this happening? FINRA's worried and, and the SEC's worried about my email signature font. This is what they should be worried about. The Kathy Woods of the world, the the the, the for, that. 403B participants are being sold variable annuities with 3% wow. fees. How is that good and how is that not criminal? Um, and so the fact that this insurance company was excluding the fees, you know, not being uh, open with the fees, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of K through 12 teachers and administrators, uh, just this is not what is in the best option for them for accumulating retirement. Sadly, the insurance lobby is very successful and is actually making headway in getting uh, annuities into 401k plans, which is certainly at the detriment of those 401k investors and not something that we'd like to see in Look, the trajectory if, we want. If you want to, to buy go. a variable annuity, once you retire, because you like the guarantees and you want to create a guaranteed income stream for the rest of your life, I guess that's okay for you if you understand how that really works. We still disagree with it. But there is no instance in your life when you need an annuity to pay in insurance costs in the accumulation phase of your life. So if you are in a 401k plan or 403b and you're accumulating money, I mean you're contributing every two weeks when you get paid, you need the lowest cops options that are available, lowest cost market exposure that you can get. An annuity is just an insurance contract with insurance fees. That doesn't help or do anything for you in the, in in the accumulation phase except enrich the insurance company. So the idea that the Department of Labor and Congress would allow this. Come on, man. Sound like Charles Barkley. All right. Uh, there, there was a, a study that was done recently um, that 58% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck right now. Um, 62% of people between 50,000 and 100,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. But this is the one that's astounded me. Uh, 30% of Americans uh, with incomes of at least $250,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. Now, I would submit that that is a choice. If you make $250,000 and you live paycheck to paycheck, you are making a choice to live paycheck to paycheck because you want to keep up with the Joneses. There is no place in America that you can make $250,000 and have to live paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and you're, it's a choice. I say it's a choice because you are choosing to live in the place you live in, drive the car you drive in, eat at the restaurants you eat at. So, um, you know, just saying that, that that is not a good thing for American uh, for America. Okay. Uh, let's talk about international developed international investing. It's it. This is one of those things when you bring it up. If you're a comedian, they would throw eggs at you. But uh, we still think it's an important asset class. Uh, and I know if you listen to our show for a while, you say, "Well, haven't you said that in the past?" And it's still been a dog. You're right. But that doesn't mean when you're building an asset allocation that you can ignore ignore international investing. Some of the biggest, best businesses in the world exist outside the United States. In developed economies. So first, Josh, describe what developed international investing is versus, say, like the emerging markets or frontier markets. Developed international, from a weighting standpoint, is going to be significantly weighted to Europe, and the other weighting is going to be Japan. Depending on the index provider, uh, you maybe get Taiwan and South Korea and the developed international index. They both kind of treat them, treat them differently. But uh, for the most part, you're getting those European and Japanese businesses, which are ubiquitous in your daily life and are not domiciled in the U.S., so you don't own them if you get an S&P 500 index fund. Of course, you know, the contrary argument to an allocation to developed international is always the S&P 500 gets 40% of its revenue from abroad. So by virtue of owning the S&P, I am internationally diversified, particularly in a time like now. Uh, I don't... <laughs> don't want Murphy's Law to invoke itself here, but uh, as international developed has been dead money for more than a decade, uh, when the U.S. dollar is ripping relative to every other developed international currency, uh, whether it's the yen or the euro that just hit parity for the first time in 22 years, uh, 
U.S. goods being sold abroad are, and you know, specifically in technology where they derive a huge portion of their revenue from international sales, uh, it's increasingly expensive to buy that U.S. software. And uh, that's true of any U.S. export, uh, of course, when our currency is making everywhere else look like monopoly money. Uh, as our interest rates go up, the ability of the European Central Bank and the Japanese Central Bank are constrained to raise rates or they're not willing to do it in the case of Japan. But the point being, you get that currency diversification by owning a dollar-denominated allocation to international stocks. And so uh, we use a fund called IEFA, IEFA. Uh, it's an MSCI index. It's uh, Five basis points, I think you uh, own about. Seven, yes, the iShares uh, Core MSCI EFA. You own 2,500 companies. Uh, think of uh, names like Nestle, Roach Holding, Shell, AstraZeneca, uh, Toyota, Novo Nordisk. So, so you know, th some of the best uh, drug companies in the world exist in Europe. Uh, not having expo you know, if you look at the the total market capitalization outside of the United States is 60% of the global market capitalization, and you can't ignore it. But like Josh said, if you own Toyota Motors and the dollar goes down, you know, just the currency fluctuation against the yen can provide you return, even if the stock price of Toyota Motors doesn't go anywhere. The, the so other, it's a double layer of diversification. The other thing about it is, it, you know, we talk about the revenge of the old economy that we're seeing so far in 2022 and the increasing relevance of commodities and industrials. It, it, you know, those those markets are not as oriented towards technology businesses and specifically loss-making technology. Uh, so it can be, we believe, a, a good hedge potentially. So something to explore and worth looking into. All right. If you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short five or six-minute video at the end, uh, middle and end of every month. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwalt.com. Say, add me to your e-newsletter list and we'll get you on that list. Uh, stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com.